Moving Iron Podcast is proud to be part of the Global Ag Network. The network is live, so check out globalagnetwork.com for more details and updates. Now on to the show. Moving Iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving Iron time and time again. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. Tax moves with Glenn Birnbaum, now part of the Global Ag Network. Glenn, how you doing today, bud? Pretty good, KC. I'm I'm super jacked. My favorite time of the year, tax season's here. I can't get enough of it. And I wish you've it lasted longer. In, yeah. You've had your stuff in for like two months. I actually, I had, they got my stuff in on December 28th. I was way ahead yeah. of the game, so yeah. I'm good to go. Yeah. I wait, and I just keep sending it to them as I need it. Yeah, that's what we like. Yeah. I, I freaking hate tax season. I know it's, I know you, you as an accountant, this is probably your game time, baby, time to get after it. But uh, for most people, tax season is pretty painful. So we are about three weeks out. So there's a few things that people probably need to remember about doing their taxes, for example. Um, I sent my stuff off to my tax guy the other day and I'm going to just kind of blindly put stuff through the scanner and send it to him. And, and, uh, my state income tax was in there from last year or my, yeah, my state, my state income tax was in there. So, uh, with the new tax regulations, that's no longer deductible. So talk about some stuff people need to be paying attention to and, and some stuff that, that may or may not even count anymore. Yeah. So just started off, you know, talking about the state and local taxes, uh, this, People, you know, acronym, the SALT tax. Um, so it's never easy, but, you know, basically now we have a higher standard deduction of $24,000. So, um, and you're limited on your state and local taxes to only 10000 of that number. So, you know, if you have 15000 of state and local taxes, you're only able to deduct 10. But in reality, your total state and local taxes, your donations, your mortgage interest on your home, those have got to be over $24,000. So kind of what you're saying is if that's not over $24,000, then you could look at it like, really, I'm not actually deducting my state and local taxes. Right. Right. And that's, that's really the right way to look at it. So we're definitely seeing more and more of our clients, you know, that for sure last year always itemized, you know, because of primarily real estate taxes or state income taxes, right? You know, now a lot more of them are not itemizing. They're, they're, They're taking the standard deduction, which... You know, it does simplify the tax return to some degree, right? You don't really have to have all the all those donation receipts, you know, and things if you know that you're a long way away from the twenty four thousand. So again, it's your state and local income taxes capped at ten thousand. So if you think really, then I only I have to have fourteen thousand dollars, right, of mortgage interest and donation. That's kind of the, a way to kind of look at it. Um, so if you don't have that, particularly if you don't have, you know say a mortgage on your house or something, you know, if you're older, say, then you may not actually be itemizing anymore. We're, we're seeing more and more of that. So along with that, you know, this is tax moves here in case we want to talk about moves we can make, right? And, and we've talked about this before, but one of the moves you can make if you're a retired person and you're taking require, what's known as required minimum distributions out of your, you know, retirement accounts, it's, it's a mandated thing that you got to start pulling a little bit out of a little bit out of those accounts, um, once you reach age 70 and a half, what you can do is actually directly donate uh, 
that required minimum distribution to a charity. So I was just talking to a guy last night, you know, and he took his distribution amount that he had and he split it up amongst five different organizations and directly donated it. So just be aware of that thing that you definitely can do because otherwise if he had just donated the $5,000 in cash, say he wouldn't have actually got a tax deduction. So here by donating it directly to charity, you don't have to report the income. Okay. Yeah. Now, Make sure you tell your tax preparer if you did this because we receive what's called this 1099R. You know, we get it from the you know our client here, right? And it nowhere on that 1099R is it going to say, "Hey, you directly donated this to charity." There's not a code. You know, it's going to say, you know, "Hey, it's taxable." So, but if you tell your tax preparer, "Hey, I did this," then they will in the system they can you know kind of fix it and make so that it's make it so that it's not taxable. So that's a that's a key thing that I, I expect even more people will do as they, you know, review the tax return and, and realize, hey, you know, I'm not actually benefiting from, from donations. Yeah. So. Okay, so if I'm a, we've talked about this before too, but this is, this is one of those, this is one of my favorite loopholes in this, in this whole thing we've talked about. So uh, I'm a farmer and I go to a church auction, church charity or local community charity or something or whatever else. And I want to, I want to donate 10,000 bucks. Well, yeah kind of where we're at now with the, with the stuff that $10,000 may or may not even affect the way my, my tax yep. situation happens. So what are some ways around getting, still yeah. getting that same $10,000 in there, but, but what's yep. the way around that? So yeah, this is another good reminder, Casey. Thanks for bringing it up. You know, it's that you basically, if you're a farmer and you're not itemizing and you're donating any sort of money, you know, to a church, let's say, you really should just change it and do, do not write checks anymore. You're actually just going to donate the grain to the church. So you know, make sure the church understands how to do this. They should, but you basically are going to call up the elevator, right? And, you know, say, hey, transfer this amount of grain over to the charity. Right now, it's, you know, it's not, you're, you don't, you're not selling it on their behalf, right? You're just transferring the grain over to their account. And then on their, on their own, the church can sell it. And so that, that, that in effect gives you a tax deduction because you're not, you know, you don't ever sell that grain. That grain never actually, you know, rolls through your, if you're a sole proprietor, your schedule F, you don't pay self-employment tax on it. So there's a lot of benefits. So yeah, if, if you know you're in that situation, then you really should strongly consider, you know, always donating grain um, to your nonprofit organizations. I'm so, sure livestock would be the same way, right? You correct. Hogs correct. Or pigs or chickens or whatever it might be. Okay. Yeah. So you get into those situations. Yep. Right so, so yeah, so that's, you know, it's a, it's a new game. We are seeing a lot less itemized, but there are still some, some moves you could make to, to in effect still get, you know, a, a deduction or not, not have to pay as much tax, which obviously is the goal. So right on. Okay. So, uh, is there a time frame involved in that? They have to do it within like, I can't do it like immediately. So if I called them today and then right. donate to the church and they did it the same day, is there a, some kind of legal time frame there where they have to kind of they sit on to. it for a minute? Held it, you know. I don't. There's nothing real specific out there. Uh, I think the key thing is you haven't actually already sold it, and you, you know you're not just saying, "Hey, you know, of this five thousand bushels that I sold today, you know, take you know a thousand dollars worth and put it in the church's cash account." No, you, you know, it's a separate cash account. Um, so yeah, no, no strong. But you know, obviously, the other thing is you have to do it. You know, you can't do it today and think you're going to get some sort of impact on your 2018 tax return, right? You know, yeah, absolutely. Now, the one thing that is available, um, you can make a retirement plan contribution, say like what's called a SEP, 
contribution. Um, that's one of the few things that you actually can make that contribution up till April 15th, basically the due date of the okay. tax return. You know, if you, Hey, I, if I make this contribution, you know, I can actually get a tax deduction, but in general, most things have to have been actually paid right in yeah. by 21 of 18. So, right. Yep. Okay. So, um, any of the stuff that we've talked about in the past, as, as far as some of the, um, clarifications on on some of the different 199 stuff and and uh some of the different stuff we've talked about anything new on that front that that's really gonna blow people's minds nothing nothing to blow people's minds casey uh, but it's you know we're expecting some guidance but we still don't have the guidance you know on the grain glitch fix um, even proposed regulations um so a lot of what we're dealing with now is you know dealing with how to handle our software you know the software is it doing things correctly, right? There's a lot of coding behind the scenes and something that definitely is going to pay in the next few years as, as we get through this is to look at, and we've talked about this as well, but farm income averaging. Um, the software always competes farm income averaging to an optimal level. And if you remember, Casey, in simple terms, farm income averaging allows you to take 2018 income and kind of carry it back into the previous three years. So I can put a third of it back into 2017, a third of it back into 2016, and a third of it back into 2015 and get it taxed at the rates in effect in those years. If that's beneficial, you can do it. If, if, if it's going to cost you money, you know, you don't have to do it. So it's very much flexible. So our software, um, you might remember this, but the software basically assumes you're never going to make another dollar in your life when it, when it optimizes things. So, some of the things we're looking at with our farmers is, well, if we know there's, you know, a million dollars of grain carried over, right, and the farmer's nearing retirement, right, it's pretty much inevitable that they're going to have a million dollars of taxable income over the next few years. So knowing that, should I elect to carry some income back, right, at maybe some lower tax rates, um, not an easy not an easy process, but um, the system, the you know, computers, you know, they don't know, right, those, those details, you know that you've got a million dollars of grain you're carrying over. So what we're looking to is probably thinking that tax rates are going to go up, right? Um, not hundred percent sure, but they, they may go back up. Certain things are going to get, you know, automatically sunset. And so we're looking at possibly saying, well, maybe 2022, there's a decent chance tax rates are going to go up. Now, I don't know exactly for who, right? It might only be certain people that are over certain income levels, but if you've got a million dollars of grain you're carried over, right? You might be one of those people. Right. Even though it's built up over 30 years or 40 years, right, that million dollars. But unfortunately, you would all if you sell it all in one year, right, you're now a million dollar taxpayer. So we're looking at, OK, if 2022 rates might go up, then if we have farm income averaging in 2022, we can carry, you know, a third of it back to 2021, a third of it back to 2020 and a third of it back to 2019. And guess what? You know, we're in tax year 2019. So. 2019, I think, is a key year to think about how much income do we want to report because we do have relatively low brackets right now in these years. And so it may be time for if somebody's nearing retirement to start, you know, picking up some of that income, gradually selling that income. But again, this, the computer software is only going to give you a part of the story. Make sure you have a discussion with your tax preparer about this and um, just evaluate your options. But it, this could really, for 2019, 2020 and 2021 
we're pretty sure that rates are going to be similar. You know, they're going to be relatively low. They're going to be wider. And this is maybe our best three years to recognize income. You still got to be comfortable writing the check right to the IRS because it's going to be a higher tax bill. But this may be the time to to accelerate some income if you're if you're nearing retirement. So, I don't think anybody's ever comfortable writing the check to the IRS, Glenn. So I think that's no, regardless if it's a dollar, hundred million dollars, yeah. it's still yeah. it's, hate it. It's not no, it's not pleasant. And hope maybe you know you can generally you can you know fund your retirement plan more more significantly, right? Things of that nature. There's some things. <laughs> But but in, it's kind of inevitable. If you've got that much grain you've carried over all these years, you've built up that grain, right? Mm-hmm. You know, now you've got you to deal with it. So um, it's nice to have the farm income averaging in place because it does give you some options later on, right, to use hindsight and say, well, you know what? Now I am going to carry this income back because I do think, you know, 33% is a cheap bracket or 20, you know, whatever the rate might be. It gives you some options. So you, you should... Farmers should rest easier than most taxpayers because you have that ability to kind of go back and back right. in time and, and fix things. So, yeah. so with that with that same kind of mindset there, that same on that same topic, um, price of grain is creeping up. Um, a lot of folks are talking about um, some pretty decent moves here by by harvest corn harvest especially. Mm-hmm. Um, to that point, yeah. you know, guys have had stockpiles of corn and wheat and 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 beans and everything else they've they've kind of piled up it I means is there is there a silver bullet out there that can kind of help kind of ease some of that along and kind of help you get through that because i mean there's a glut of, there's just going to be a glut on some guys places that yeah. they're just going to have to either bite the bullet or just continually just kind of sell it off as they can so is there really a silver bullet that they can kind of work that a little bit to, to ease some of that pain no, I mean, there's, I don't think there is a silver bullet. I mean, we, we've talked about trying to defer it, trying to put it into retirement plan contribution or spread it out. But, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, you know, actually selling the grain is, is a decision, right? What, what price they're going to sell it at. Whether you take the money in 2019 or whether you elect to take the money in January of 2020, right, which may have cash flow implications, right? The, 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 those are two different things, right? For tax purposes, yeah, you pick it up when you actually receive the cash. And if you remember, if you if you sell it for fall delivery, right, fall here of 2019, you can elect to, I'm going to elect to get it, you know, I'll, I'll take my check in January of 2020, right? Now, you, now, we could be talking in February of 2020 and say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and push that January of 2020 income back into 19. So I think it's just flexibility, is, is more the what's nice with for tax purposes, you know, flexibility. But if, if you like the price, you know, I definitely, you know, would sell as opposed to saying, well, I don't want to pay the tax, right? Because there are ways to spread it out, you know, do some other things, right? I mean, obviously you can always buy some equipment or whatever if, if you have those needs, right, to be able to Great offset plan. that. Great plan, Glenn. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, Casey didn't tell me to say that, but, you know, um, so yeah, it's, it's the taxes are, you know, they're almost... <clears throat> almost too flexible there's so many different ways with depreciation with you know the the january grain with farm income averaging right there's so many things we can do to 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 move income around and maybe does it take take our eye off the ball of you know should we be selling right is is this the right price so um so i I never let you know tax drive the boat here so right on all right glenn 
Well, I'm sure you've got a few things to do today, just depending on, you know, with, with it being tax season and all, I'm sure you've got just yep. a, a slight a slight full schedule. So I'll let, you, yeah. I'll let you get back to it. So, Glenn, if folks want to reach out to you and ask you a tax question or, or pick your brain about some possible angle they might be working, how would they do that? Yeah, it's best to call me here at the office, Heinel Banwert. Our phone number is 309-694-4251. Be happy to talk to anybody just to, you know, lend a ear. It's always good to have that conversation, maybe make sure we understand the facts, you know, because there may be a couple other angles that we're not even thinking about, you know, individually. But if we can talk, right, we can put our heads together. So that's that's the best way to reach out to me. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at, at Glenn Burnbaum. Yep, make sure you guys follow him on Twitter. He's got a lot of... <clears throat> Whenever he posts something, there's a, a whole gaggle of uh, other accountants that jump in there and and uh, and feed to the conversation. So there's a, a lot of good back and forth there. So, uh, Glenn, uh, have a good rest of this week. We'll talk to you again next week, buddy. All right. Thanks, Casey. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Moving Iron Podcast, now part of the Global Ag Network. If you'd like to continue any of these conversations, you can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. You can also send me an email at Moving Iron Podcast at movingironpodcast.com. You can also visit the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel and watch Market Roundup with Chip Nellinger, Sean Hackett, and Angie Setzer. Also, Tax News with Glenn Birnbaum. Please visit movingironllc.com. Here you can find information, details, and updates for the 2019 Moving Iron Summit in Nashville, Tennessee. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can leave a review and subscribe at iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, and globalagnetwork.com. So until next time, let's go move some iron. This is Casey Seymour. Out. Moving iron in the 21st century.